0: You are Locked on Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team
1: every day. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. And before we get into it, LinkedIn is the college recruiting sponsor across the Locked On Podcast Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash lockedon College. Terms and conditions apply. And Brian... um, Things haven't been going wonderfully in Gainesville this season. It's been very <laughs> up and down. And one of the main things that many Florida Gators fans, myself included, are anticipating this. I mean I mean, we can say it as like almost fact at this point is that Billy Napier's almost definitely hiring an offensive coordinator this season. He's going to make some staff changes. He said, even in his Monday press conference, that he's like, hey, staff changes are something that we evaluate during the year. And sometimes you recognize them during the year, Sure, but we'll make changes after the season. So I'm curious at that point, how does that really impact recruiting, hiring an offensive coordinator? First off, I mean, your current offensive coordinator, who isn't your play caller is also your offensive line coach. And then you have Darnell Stapleton as an assistant offensive line coach. But how does hiring an offensive coordinator change that, especially if it means Rob Sales out?
0: Well, I guess it would just depend on how the players look at it. Um, That's where you start because if players aren't happy and they leave, that opens up recruiting. And for another point, it also may change how you evaluate your offense, depending on who those players are, whether they're happy, leaving, etc. Coaching changes, players always leave when that happens. But then again, you could also receive some. Who is he going to go after is the question, obviously, because I'm sure there's he's got a drawer with a list, and he's probably already spoken to some of them, because a lot of people may not know this, but coaches, that's a pretty small community, especially like coordinators, head coaches. A lot of them know each other conventions whatever it may be so I'm guessing he has a pretty good idea you know and hopefully for his sake it works out in that regard they need more explosive players you and I have talked about I like Pearsall but I would say that Eugene Wilson's the third is the number one moving forward and a guy like Pearsall while he's good that kind of player needs to always be your number two at best you get especially in Gainesville like the reputation receiver is so good Hopefully, they can get somebody that will attract more guys like that. And they are bringing in speed. But uh, coaching change for the Gators, especially on offense, I think would be good. Because like most of the kids I talk to, they're just not evaluated as a school that it's a fun offense. It's just not. I haven't had a kid tell me that all year. Not a lot to either, Brian. (laughs) So I just tell you what I've seen. Uh, I, I won't go into the details, but I spoke to a kid yesterday, the school in state that he didn't mention, and he's an offensive player. You want to guess which one that was, which, which, which school, what do you think?
1: Uh, FAU. Ah, <laughs>
0: uh, touche, touche. But yeah, it's hard, man, because you know, they're just, they're finding ways to screw up in critical moments. They even scored some points this past weekend, but they still didn't score enough because the defense completely just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even know what that was. Mm-hmm. We can't say those words. We can't say those
1: words. <laughs> This is a family show.
0: <laughs> but yeah, they, they're going to have some change, but I don't necessarily think it's going to hurt recruiting. It might do the opposite. Unfortunately for Gator fans who are incredibly impatient, they're going to have to wait a while to find that out.
1: Yeah, I think that, that's one of the important parts when talking about this coaching change, because like you mentioned, you, know, you see coaching changes and that, Alps recruiting, hearts recruiting. Maybe some guys are all of a sudden like, "Mm, I I don't fit with this new OC and what they want to do. The general feel is that Napier is going to hire someone who's going to run a, take a deep breath, Florida Gators fans, a similar system to what he currently runs, but hopefully with better play calling. So that schematic stuff, not going to change too much. I feel like at that point there, there can't be a downside to bringing in someone new here, right? Like, especially if you go, Hey, we're going to stick with the same scheme we have. So DJ Lagway, Isaiah Williams, Amir Jackson, all these players that are currently committed to the offense, your role's not changing, but we're probably going to have a, a new offensive coordinator, whether they're established or young that that's yet to be seen. But I feel like when you talk about, Oh, which school wasn't mentioned, then I think we maybe talk about Florida getting into the conversation there. Maybe, I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to be as optimistic as I possibly can.
0: What, like, look at it this way: What were your realistic expectations offensively this year? Like in your mind, I know you're a big Gators fan. What do you think they were going to score? Like average, even if it's just an SEC play. What would you think?
1: I thought it'd be you know. 20 mid mid high 20s. Like, I wasn't expecting an explosive attack. I was expecting consistently moving the ball. Haven't seen that either, but consistently (laughs) moving the ball, consistently scoring. But
0: okay, because right now, I think anybody that he would bring in would attract something different. I just don't think the run first heavy look, especially with Florida and Georgia kids that like they're used to the seven on seven scene and they're seeing what Florida State's doing, throwing the ball all over. Even Georgia's throwing the ball all over, which is, they're averaging 320 yards passing a game with Georgia. It's bizarre. So yeah, I know. I, It's, it's crazy. So that's hurting Florida. I wonder, I'm going to one-up you here. This is just my projection. And I know you will clap out loud, enthusiastically on the show, off the show, and even when you're sleeping, if this is true. I think they're going to bring in somebody that wants to throw it more. Um, yeah. I I just think he's going to be forced into that. He's a run first guy. I'm not saying yeah. Billy is not but so is Nick Saban and by a landslide. And they turned that around after they were just walloped with these passing attacks by Clemson, etc. and then they kind of got into that one of the greatest games I ever saw was the Alabama LSU game in 2019. You know, you have to be able to throw the ball and yeah, we're talking about it for the show. You've got to have 20-plus yard passing plays to be a dominant team. Right now, Florida, without looking into the SEC stats, I'm going to guarantee you they're not at the top of that.
1: Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, don't,
0: I don't think so. Um, but I do know from researching it earlier today that Ole Miss, LSU, Alabama, and Georgia – ironically, the teams with the four best records in the conference are also the four teams with the best explosive offense. Shut up. No way. (laughs) The the era we're in is just completely flipped. It just has. If you can't score big, you're not winning big. I think Billy's got to make those changes, and if you lose a few recruits along the way, bye-bye now. We'll go get somebody else. And I also think that, like, while he runs an offense that's predicated on power football, and that's fine, They've recruited a lot of speed. Eugene being a great example of that. I mean, I got to see him 15 times probably in 7-on-7 seven seven the last couple of years. Nobody stayed in front of him then either. He's that guy. He's a track athlete that can fly. So if you're that kid and you want to play in that kind of offense, I think that's something Napier is going to look at, and you're going to see that change this year.
1: Let me tell you guys about Prize Picks because Prize Picks has been the best way for me to make money playing daily fantasy sports this year. And if you've got skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few easy taps. And it's important to remember you do need to do your research. That is, that is also a very important part, but I will talk about, you know, let's say Monday night football, Monday night football was great for me because Austin Eckler more than 13 and a half rushing attempts. He did that. Greg Zerline and Cameron Dicker, more than three and a half field goals made. Which, by the way, what an insane line that was. To go against the Jets' defense and have the Jets' offense against the Chargers' defense. Insane to set that at three and a half. But whatever, hey, thank you for the free money. Go to pricefix.com slash college. Use code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. fixes daily fantasy sports made easy. It is time for your game changer of the week. Brought to you by the Athletic Brewing Company, Florida Gators Game Changer of the Week. Yeah, it has to be Eugene Wilson III, right? Two touchdowns. I get it. They were early touchdowns. Then he kind of went ghost, and then he made a couple plays late. It has to be Eugene Wilson III. Those two touchdowns were huge, especially because Arkansas started up 14-0 very quickly, very quickly. And Trey just made play after play to get the team back into this. And just like Athletic Brewing Company, they've changed the non alcoholic beer game. They make non alcoholic beers that actually taste good. You can find Athletic Brewing Co's non alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First time customers can use code LOCKED ON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code LOCKED ON at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company is fit. Or all times. Yeah. I think that that's an important part too, where Napier like Billy Napier is always going to want to run the football. He's always going to try to have that, but everything he's done recruiting wise, since he got to Gainesville has told you that he wants speed at receiver. And, and he wants to be able to, if, if it's keeping the ball short and getting yards after the catch do that, if it's throwing the ball deeper then do that, we saw that the offense threw it deep quite often with Anthony Richardson, not so much a grammar. Obviously, you got DJ Lagway coming in who can run the football himself, can throw the ball deep. And then you look at recruiting at receiver and it's Eugene Wilson, the third, it's Andy Jean, it's Aiden Mizell, it's Isaiah Williams, it's Jare Hawkins, it's TJ Abr- uh, Abrams. It- it's just speed at-, at every corner here. And so I think that everything Billy Napier has done, I mean, even tight end, you got Argus Boardingham, Amir Jackson there. Everything has been, Hey, we're going to get fast guys here and we're going to run there. Cause then when you, when you have to respect that deep passing game, it opens up the run game and all that. And Florida Gators fans know they've been complaining about heavy boxes all season. When really, uh, if your offensive line isn't good, it doesn't matter how heavy the box is. You're going to lose that battle anyway. But <laughs> speaking about the offensive line here, because there's at least we'll say hope amongst quite a few Florida Gators fans that, Rob Sale, Darnell Stapleton, Rob Sale being the OC and line coach, Darnell Stapleton being the assistant offensive line coach, that there's going to be a change there because they haven't recruited the offensive line well since Billy Napier's gotten here. And with the performance that they've had this year on the offensive line, they haven't developed them very well. And the transfer portal, they didn't evaluate very well and recruit very well there. So there, there's change there. How does that impact recruiting? Specifically because we look at, this current 2024 class, you've got four offensive linemen committed. One of them is a blue chip in Fletcher Westfall. Three of them are more developmental pieces. If you lose the guys who are supposed to develop them or replace the guys who are supposed to develop them, how does that impact? Is also Fletcher Westfall has been on this show before, and he said that one of the reasons he committed to Florida was that two-offensive line approach.
0: Well, I mean, if they get rid of sale, I mean, that's not only the O-line coach, that's coordinator. I mean, that's the whole kit and caboodle. So, I mean, that's a start from scratch, and anything's possible. Whenever this happens and a coordinator is involved, especially if it's a quarterback, that's iffy. You know, you, you lose a quarterback in a class, they can really screw your program up. But O-line's one of those spots where you need consistency with numbers because it's so hard to project. So let's say they only ended up signing two of those kids if sale goes to another school. You can't have two-man recruiting classes at O-line unless you're gonna kill it in the portal. And from what you just told me, that's not that's not the case, is it? That's is no, that a no. Not is exactly.
1: That, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't exactly hit it out of the park here.
0: Uh, more like please God help us. Is that is that it, where we're at? Was,
1: they haven't hit it out of the park? It was a bunt. That's what it was. <laughs> it was
0: <ever> a <laughs> Okay. Well, they have to hit something this year in the portal. And to be honest with you, and it sounds to me based on what you've told me on the show and off, although unrealistic, they need to hit the home run with another high school kid or a JUCO kid in this class. They may have to flip somebody and all that, but like these coaching changes, you and know, I've talked about this before too. They happen at the end of the season, like first week of December. Signing days, like the 20th. It's not exactly fun and games there because there's not a lot of time to recruit a new guy. So whoever you hire has to have somebody that probably isn't on Florida's board right now. And then you bring that player in from, you know, the guys, I I don't know. It could be Michigan State's O-line coach. I mean, some of that staff obviously is imploding. It could be a lot of places. And a kid they have committed or a kid they wanted, you do something like that. Because Florida's O-line should never struggle. It's Florida. So that's where it would start. But I would also just kind of wonder, since he's the coordinator, I don't know how he would relate with some of the kids and like how important it is that he's there. That's something you would probably know more than me. But yeah, O-line is not a spot with where Florida's at. They can afford to lose more O-line recruits.
1: Jordan Seaton, you ain't too far. Come on over, buddy boy. Um, he, he might play early if he did. Yeah. Oh, oh, he, he's <laughs> – get him in there. Put him on the field this Saturday. <laughs> Let's do that. Get him on the field immediately. Um, b- before I let you go, we last week we talked about Jaden Ball coming to the game in Gainesville, Arkansas running back commit, Florida. He's on Florida's board. We'll, we'll say that. He's on Florida's board. They do want to flip him. Um, They didn't do a great job of convincing him in person when he was in Gainesville, but we've been talking about Florida Gators coaching changes, probably going to see quite a bit of change throughout the sec, not just at the head coach spot, but also coordinators. But how can that impact this Florida recruiting class where we talk about you're trying to fill out this class late in December, Sam Pittman, congratulations. You beat the Florida Gators, but Still, probably on the hot seat there. So, if he's gone, does that help Jaden Ball? If any assistants leave another SEC school, does that help? If if Jimbo's gone at Texas A and M, does that help Florida try to take any of their play? Uh, Dale and Evans is he all of a oh, sudden sure. back in the conversation?
0: This is a simple rule that I've learned. You just keep recruiting the kids. You know, I got a message a little bit ago from a staff asking about a kid it's, it's part of it, man. It is flip season. November 1st for me is kind of like when the light goes on, it's the green light, all businesses, opportunities are here. And that goes on for all 133 schools in the FBS. It's just, it's just the way it is. So if Arkansas implodes, which we both think it's leaning in that direction, Michigan state, that's beyond implosion. Um, and and there will be some others. Thank you, Aggie Land. I even if he doesn't get fired, they're losing kids. So you have to try to take kids from other schools, man. You you have to. You know, like do you think Clemson's getting kids calling their recruits more this year? Yeah, they have four losses. And you know, that's part of the gig. Do you think it's a little bit harder for a school like Tennessee this year compared to last year? Yeah. It is. Their quarterback's nowhere near as good. Those are the schools that are going to get hit the most. Florida's trying. I guarantee without even inquiring. Those are the schools you're going to target because their players are looking at a current team that's struggling. So you got nothing to lose with it. All they can do is say no, and you're spending the university's money to go fly, see these kids anyway. Hey, man, it's free. Let's go. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think it, any staff that is in trouble – Florida is not that far away is what's hilarious about this, but they need a couple key spots. Quarterbacks better than they expected probably this year, but it needs to get a better again. That's what Lagway's for. But for the love of mankind receiver and some of these other spots, they just need as many guys as they can and kind of let the chips fall where they may corner. Probably not exactly meeting your expectations based on what I know of you. So just keep calling, man. Uh, a trip to the swamp can change guys. And they got the big Florida state game coming up. I guarantee you Napier and his staff will have kids that Florida State wants, that Georgia wants, that Miami wants, that South Carolina wants, and on and on and on. That's a chance, too, because some of those kids are going to be, you know, wherever they're, they're committed to a school or two. You're going to say, oh, I didn't know we were recruiting that kid. You look where he's committed, eh, that guy's about to get fired. That's going to happen. That's what that's the way this game is played.
1: Yeah. I'd imagine that every time anything bad happens with like Texas AM or oh, any yeah. of I'd imagine Florida's just sending a text like you up. Um, and then every time when when Arkansas upsets Florida, I'd imagine oh. they're just getting the text. But hey, good coaching staffs never stop recruiting. That's, that's, that's true. That's what we've talked about a billion times here. Thank you so much, Brian. This is Brian Smith, Locked On Recruiting Insider. Catch him every week on Locked On Gators and unfortunately, every day with Locked On Seminoles.